Before I get started, I wanted to give people a heads up. I'm going to be moving our audio files to a better audio hosting service. This should help uh, make the feed more reliable, make playback more reliable, that sort of thing. Uh, But there might be some funniness with the feeds for a little bit. That tends to happen whenever I make any kind of changes. Uh, So just a heads up, uh, if there's any weird things happening with the iTunes feed, just bear with it. If there's any issue that means that you'll have to change the feed you subscribe to, I'll let people know about that. Okay? Uh, Thank you, and on with the show. Welcome to Conlanger, the podcast about constructed languages and the people who create them. I'm George Corley, and I'm doing a short today. This is a short that I've been wanting to do for a while, uh, discussing something I encountered when visiting my wife Lee's family in China, but I've messed it up so many times that I've had to write up a script for it, so hopefully this recording will have everything correct. Way back in episode 8, we discussed kinship systems, and we spent a little time describing how it works in Mandarin Chinese. In short, it's fairly complex with distinctions based not only on the paternal line, but also in terms of birth order for certain levels. For this podcast, I'll mention that the way that I learned it in classes is that Mandarin has eight kinship terms translating as English cousin, made by combining tang, meaning within the paternal line, or biao, meaning outside the paternal line, with one of the four sibling terms, ge, di, jie, or mei, meaning older brother, younger brother, older sister, and younger sister, respectively. This is true at least in more formal contexts where you might want to make these distinctions. But a little experience on the ground shows some differences, at least for Lee's home village. Lee is from a small village of Hebi City in Henan province. Uh, There, when addressing cousins, you don't usually use Tang or Biao. You just call them by the sibling terms. So she would usually not address someone as tanga or biomei, just guga or meimei. But when introducing them, she might use the more specific terms for clarity. In addition to this, unlike the English word cousin, you can't extend these terms beyond your own generation. For example, Lee has a cousin who is her father's sister's son, who she would call guga, or specifically biogu. In English, Lee and her Biaoge's son would be cousins once removed. But in Chinese, Lee calls her Biaoge's son Zhizi, which usually means a nephew on the same paternal line. Her Biaoge's son would call Lee Gugu, which 
would usually be applied to your father's sister, but here is being extended to your father's female cousin. So essentially, uh, they're taking the distinction of what generation you're from as being important even for people who are in your extended family. The most interesting to come from this experience, though, is that in Lee's home village, people actually keep track of the generation, it seems like throughout the village, even among people who I'm not sure are related. I was taken aback when one of Lee's family's neighbors, who is much older than us and isn't obviously related to the family, told me that she would call me Gulful, which means the husband of one's Google. Uh, so essentially she was calling me her uncle. I don't know whether there, there is a way to trace the whole village to one ancestor or maybe it comes historically from some point in the past when some unrelated individuals were calling them each other brothers and sisters. But I think it's an interesting example of how language and society can interact in a small, close-knit community. I don't know how far this generation tracking will survive into the future, as Lee's village is being demolished soon. Lee says most of the village will be moved to the same development, but it is a more urban setting that they're moving to. But I thought it would be an interesting inspiration for conlangers and conworlders who want to make smaller village communities and think about how things might turn out in these little corners of the world. So I just wanted to share those observations with you guys. Uh, these are just my casual observations, so take that for what it's worth. It's not, I'm not doing uh, really rigorous ethnography here, but... I thought I would share that with you guys. It's a little observation that might lead to some inspiration. So, with all that said, I'm going to say, happy conlangering. Thank you for listening to Conlangery. You can find our archives and show notes at conlangery.com. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash conlangery. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. All of those are conlangery. And if you would like to hear your conlang featured on the top of the show, you can look at our contribute page. It has the instructions for what you need to translate and how to send it to me. Conlangery's web space is provided by the Language Creation Society, and our music is by Null Device. <laughs>